You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I didn't know Dudney uh, in Regina had uh, that much uh, allure for players from Vancouver. Maybe they were uh, just hitting Dudney the night before. Ooh, been there. <laughs> well, haven't we all? <laughs> Usually makes for the next day not a good day. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Every week, John Fraser. I'm actually part Canadian. No do to boot it. Who wants to draft me? Love me a rouge. And Travis Curra. Man, if they go with Sanceri over Brett Smith, then nothing has changed in Saskatchewan. We'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Uh, what do you call it? You're supposed to do the thing where you talk and you pretend like... <laughs> You're like in- interested in the thing, but you just the need interview. the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the inner blue. Can't forget the nonsense. I thought you should know I ate two carrot muffins as you were drunk, Jim Barker. Ready, set, hut. Oh, yeah. Episode 76, the Two and Out CFL podcast, Brazilian Ty and Travis Curra. Now, I guess we should start off by wishing a big congratulations to our fellow Canadian Football Podcast Network shows, both the BC Lions Den and the Eskimo Empire podcast crossing 100 episodes. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, been with the uh, Eskimo guys a couple times down there in the Turf District, and it's lots of fun and now they have access, I think they might uh, have an excuse to go for another 100. Yeah, if you're an Eskimo fan, actually <laughs> just a football fan, uh, go check those guys out. They got a new member, too. They got a girl. I can't believe that. I've, I thought girls didn't like us. Well, that just means I'll never be on the show again because I can't <laughs> talk to girls. So I guess I'll just, I'll just stick around here. <laughs> yes, you're always welcome to this sausage party, my friend. <laughs> In the Huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two It Out Podcast. Well, it was quite the week. Uh, not many close games last week, but no shortage of news. Uh, we saw what happened in Charlottesville, Virginia on Saturday. So I do have to mention this. Man, it was really cool for the league to rush those shirts. Diversity is strength. You saw the Lions and the Riders wearing them on Sunday. And I, I know a lot of people saying, you shouldn't mix politics and football and all this stuff, but let's face it, these guys are role models. People see them all the time. Why not uh, get a good message across with the platform that they have? And I, and I think that in the Canadian Football League, we were the first to give uh, shots to people like Warren Moon. Uh, Warren Moon goes undrafted in the NFL draft. That, that should not have happened. So, hey, come to Canada. We accept everyone. Uh, Normie Kwong, all s- sorts of ethnicities and backgrounds have played in our league, and I think it's awesome that we celebrate that. Well, not only the league, but the country as a whole. I mean, we're, we're a nation of immigrants. It's what we are. It's, it's, it's the truth. It's fact. Um, both of us are come from families that were from the Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, we're, I'm only a second-generation Canadian as it is. So seeing shirts like this and seeing how CFL gives chances to everybody, it just makes it feel even that more Canadian because of just the diversity and the amount of people that are actually welcomed in. To the league as a whole. 
And I don't think they had plans to sell them this fast, but they do have them up now, cflshop.ca. Proceeds are going to go to the CFL Alumni Association, Pure Later Tackle Hunger, and for every shirt bought, another will be donated to a local charity. So they aren't making money from this at all, and it's all going towards actually three great causes. I know I got my shirt, and how many did you buy, Brazilian tie? I bought two because I don't trust them not to shrink so i'm just going to wash the first one and if it shrinks i'll have one that still fits i like that i like that <laughs> and then if you lose weight it becomes your goal shirt right exactly exactly i have a closet full of goal shirts <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i don't know if those goals are ever going to be achieved but whatever uh, <laughs> the rough riders make a trade with the montreal alouettes now this one really surprised me actually so defensive back to von campbell is off to montreal along with a third round pick in 2019 coming back quarterback vernon adams in a 2018 fifth round pick i find that this means a lot of different things number one the Rough Riders are giving up on getting James Franklin after the season. That has to be uh, a foregone conclusion, right? I don't think it is. Um, I forget who it was on Twitter today, but I read that this means nothing for the quarterback situation as it stands right now. So Brandon Bridge is still going to be in the backup role. Vernon Adams is probably going to be on the practice squad. By the looks of things, you're not going to carry four quarterbacks. Um, you think that he's going to go in the practice squad instead of uh, uh, Mr. Williams? Yeah, they said it's not going to change any of the quarterback situation as it stands. So interesting. But at the same, I mean, you're getting an extra pick for this year. I don't. Unless you're re-signing Vernon Adams and he's going to have a backup job next year, then this doesn't make any sense. But if that's the goal, then I guess. We'll have to wait and see see if Chris Jones is even around to actually see the fruits of his labors for this one. Yes, yeah, so here's what they have right now. Marquise Williams, Kevin Glenn, Brandon Bridge, and now Vernon Adams, uh, of course, who had an awesome uh, you know, college career with Oregon. But now they have Williams, 24, from North Carolina. Brandon Bridge is only 25. Vernon Adams is 24. Let's see what happens here. I, I wonder if Bridge or Glenn are going to get moved. I, I mean, all of a sudden, there's a little bit of quarterback depth in Regina. Which which, which is a scary concept when you think about it. When was the last time they had depth in, in Saskatchewan? On any position. <laughs> yeah, let alone quarterback. I mean, the offensive line is suddenly looking uh, really good. I know Josiah St. John hasn't even seen the field. He might be a bust, the number one pick from last year, but Bladek comes in, he's playing, Bruce Campbell comes back, suddenly things are looking okay in Regina as far as uh, Canadian depth goes, and they know they traded a uh, Canadian here, there. I, I do wonder, though, what's going to happen? Does Hamilton go after Bridge, or, or do they end up going after Franklin, or Toronto go after Franklin? I think we could see a lot of quarterback movement after the season. Yeah, there's lots of questions, especially in that Eastern Division with Hamilton and Toronto, for sure. Ricky Ray can't play forever, and it almost looks like Falaros and Ken Austin's relationship is all but over. Um, it, Ken Austin seems like a t- guy who's pretty tough to get along with, so it's not surprising. 
So there's going to be teams that are going to be looking for quarterbacks like James Franklin. He started. He's done very well in this league. Uh, viable backup right now. And Edmonton's not going to trade him during the season. That's not going to happen. So we're going to have to wait for the off season. But there's going to be teams interested. And I think it's going to come down to a bidding war and whatever Edmonton can get. The best, the best offer Edmonton gets is where he'll go. What happens first? Zach Caleros gets moved or Kent Austin steps down? Uh, if I'm Kent Austin, I don't step down. I'm still getting a paycheck. That's true. If he, well, he can't fire himself. I guess if he got fired, it'd have to come from the top, the, the owner, wouldn't it? I believe so, because is he not president of football operations? He right is. Now? He is. Yeah, so I I see him. I don't know if he'd even be able to move Kalaros. He doesn't seem like the same player that he was. And he's expensive. But at the same time, something's got to happen. And I don't know if that means Jeremiah Masoli is going to be starting games here or not. But it's not working in Hamilton. Somebody's gonna somebody's head's gonna roll for that. More quarterback news as of Tuesday. We're recording at a bit of a different time this week because I got a Metallica concert to go to, and I might not have a voice after that. So <laughs> as soon as possible, we got to get this thing in the can. Ricky Ray was a full participant in practice, so. If I'm a betting guy, I think he does play this weekend, and it was with the first-teamers as well, so things looking good as far as Ricky getting back onto the field, and the Argos sorely missed him last week. And already announced in BC, Jonathan Jennings is going to be the starter for the Lions. This really doesn't surprise me at all. And last week... No quarterback looked good. You could put anybody back there, and for some reason... There was some magic. I don't know what's in the water in Regina, but they don't get it away from New Mosaic Stadium. Uh, Any quarterback would have looked bad in that game. Yeah, we turned that on in the second quarter. It was already 22-0. I looked at my uncle. I'm like, what am I watching right now? (laughs) This isn't real? No, I I just lost a bunch of money. (laughs) Thanks for nothing. But getting back to Ricky Ray being a full participant this week in practice, last week, between Fajardo and Matthews, nobody got more reps. They split reps, so no wonder they yeah. were so inept on offense last year or last <clears throat> week. Excuse me. So I mean, Ricky Ray, full participant, passing with the first teamers. I've been saying it's 100 percent. He starts this week. Kyrie Zebear gets the maximum fine for his hit on Cody Fajardo. Did you see that late in the fourth quarter? It was another one of those classic he bear hits where. You know what? You're in my way. You're going to get smashed, whether it's your head or not. Yeah, Max Fine is. I mean, CFL did everything they could could do with that for it being a tourist hit. Um, at some point, you got to think Kyrie's isn't going to do that. Like at some point, maybe he figures out that I'm going to end somebody's career doing this, but I don't think he cares. And he's a better player than that, honestly. Yeah, he's a hell of a player. Stuff like that they don't need and that's what cuts guys career short and we're seeing all this problems with ct later on for a lot of professional football players so um yeah stuff like that we don't need so i mean the max fine that's ambrosi did everything in his power for that so nothing nothing to really complain about on that one
We've been pretty lucky this year. The last few years, it's been nothing but quarterback injury after quarterback injury. And I know Ray missed last week, but he looks like he could be back this week. Other than that, our quarterbacks are pretty healthy so far, and this doesn't help that. I know Cody is a backup, but uh, it could have been Ricky in there. You never know. And uh, we, we got to keep our quarterbacks healthy to keep this game as awesome as it has been this season. Staying with the Argos, they do release receiver Khalil Payton for as uh, poor as the quarterbacks looked at times for the Argos last week. There was a lot of instances where the receivers just were not helping them, and there was a couple yeah. bad moments from Khalil Payton, but I do wonder if he just goes down and heads to Hamilton to help them out at the receiver position because we all know they need a few of those. They need a few of everything <laughs> in Hamilton, <laughs> let's be honest here. Um, but, yeah, he did not look good last week, and it's just one of those. That's the thing with football. There's no guaranteed money. Well, there is guaranteed money, but once they pay you that, you're, you're waiting to be cut. Yeah. If you're not performing, and he didn't perform, so it's a pretty easy decision for Argos Brass. We could talk about an hour for all the injury issues in Edmonton. Uh, as far as practice goes this week, Duke Williams returned. Brandon Zilstra, not quite yet, and he's been one of the most consistent receivers for the Eskimos, so they want him back as soon as possible. On the defensive side of things, Marcus Howard and Almondo Sewell suffered injuries last week. Howard's looks a lot more serious. There was no weight, and they were they were pushing on his Achilles there as well, and you oh. hate to see that. I don't know if he'll be back for the rest of the season. They are saying Sewell probably two or three weeks, and hopefully he can get back for Labor Day for the Eskimos. Do the Eskimos have any starters other than Mike Riley that are in the lineup right now? <laughs> Man, and I was watching them last week. Uh, Danny Grew was playing with back spasms. Like, he, you could yeah. tell he was in pain after every play. I think Getzlaff has played every receiving position so far. <laughs> yeah, it's... I, I don't understand how a team has 20 guys on the injured list and they're undefeated. It makes no sense. It's one of the most incredible things, and I wonder if it is going to catch up with them. Calgary's coming up right away. They're going to start playing a little bit more uh, Western teams here right away. Well, yeah, they're only 2-0 and in the division. They've only had two division games, and both of those were against BC. Um, so I, the, the real tests are coming. But, I mean, this team could be 0-7, and nobody would bat an eye No, with all of the injuries. So, I mean, it's quite the juxtaposition for this team right now. Um, but the longer they can keep this rolling and – you know, guys keep coming back from injury, and they can just keep plugging them back in to their original positions, and this team's just going to get better. It's going to be like a bunch of deadline deals all at once when everybody gets back and healthy, yeah. <laughs> and they could be a real scary team. One more injury note. Kenny Shaw for the Red Blacks. Looks like he's back at practice, and he may be in the lineup this week. I'm not sure if he'll be able to help you on fantasy. It's pretty tough to predict how they are going to spread the ball around for a team that only has one win there's so many offensive weapons. Shaw, now you have McDuffie. You have all Deontay these guys. Spencer, Greg yes. Ellenson, it's ridiculous. Sinopoli, it's, it's crazy. This team should be better than they are. Uh, their defense is 
leaving a little bit to be desired. I know Mitchell White, south of the border, got released as a defensive back. I wonder if he's going to head back to Ottawa where he was. He was a former Alouette as well, and a great defensive back will be an asset to any team. It'll be interesting to see if he gets on at another NFL training camp or he comes back to Canada. Let's talk about last week's games. Time for the Fantasy Expose on the 2 and Out podcast. Okay, I guess we talk about the first game of the week. The Eskimos beat the Red Blacks 27-20, and guess who got the winning touchdown? Red Blacks with the number one red zone defense in the CFL. Can they hold again? Riley goes to the corner, has his man, and it's a touchdown. Look who's back. Chris Getzlaff. And he draws a crowd. It's his first touchdown of the season. Yes, Chris Getzlaff, a winning touchdown in 2017. Where have we seen the corner route before? <laughs> that is his bread and butter. Holy smokes. You know it's coming when oh, Riley yeah. got back on that play and there's nothing the DB could do to stop it. And you heard Mike Riley talking after the game about how Chris Getzlaff is basically like a coach on the field. He, he's played every position at receiver. He knows what he's doing. He's a student of the game. And uh, he, he made the big biggest play of the game for the Eskimos. He only had two catches for 10 yards. But, man, they count <laughs> when it's a winning touchdown. And uh, Mike Riley, 384 yards, 27 of 38, a couple touchdowns. Yes, there was a couple picks in there, too. But he keeps on rolling. And I do think the Eskimos have found themselves a uh, awesome running back and Ladarius Perkins. I wonder if this guy's going to hang on to the job for the rest of the year. 107 total yards, one receiving touchdown, and they're letting him carry the ball as well. I mean, 16 carries. He only had 51 yards there, so the Red Blacks were able to limit him a little bit, but this guy comes off the practice roster, and he's one of the best backs in the league right now. The teams in Alberta are cheating. (laughs) <laughs> they have to be. I don't get it. You keep pulling guys off the practice roster that nobody's heard of. They're doing exactly what the Riders were accused of doing last year. <laughs> Except they're smart enough not to get caught. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Perkins has been unreal. Um, and I'm, I equate it to the Lule uh, Jonathan Jennings situation where you know, guys say you can't lose your job injury, but if a guy's hot, why mess with the chemistry you got going on right now? So I wouldn't be surprised uh, if Perkins keeps the job when Trayvon Van does get healthy at some point. But, I mean, it's hard to say what Moss is going to do. He can be unpredictable at times. So he's, he's, he's been every bit of what they could have wanted so far. Adarius Bowman still not back at practice. Zilstra uh, wasn't as of recording this podcast as well. So Brian Mitchell... He had 114 yards in this one, but the week before, he did nothing. He's cheap on TSN Fantasy. I'm going to roll with him again. Kenny Stafford, uh, three catches for 84 yards. And Hazleton, six catches for 70 yards. Now he is back to you know maybe what he was in Toronto. This guy was a threat uh, every game out for the Argonauts. And now he was so patient, and props to him as well, because the big three... In uh, Elliott, 
Gurley and Hazleton get released from Toronto last year. He goes to Edmonton, sits on the practice roster, you know, kind of learns learns how things work there, and he's been awesome for them this year. Big body guy that catches the ball. Uh, you know, you can put him up against almost any DB in the league, and he's gonna he's gonna beat them to the football if it's a jump ball or a fifty fifty ball. So guys like that are are hard to find. Uh, you know, and he's come up huge early on in this year, especially with all the injuries they've had. So I don't know what Toronto was doing cutting all three of those guys. I mean, they are leading the East right now, but it didn't make any sense to me. And uh, I don't know where Edmonton would be without guys like Hazleton and Chris Geslop, especially right now, uh, especially with Zilstra out now. It's Hazleton is even more important. So, like, like I said, I, I don't get it, but Edmonton's 7-0 and and they just keep doing it. As for Ottawa, Moses Madu gets to start at running back, and you can tell he's a little bit underwhelming compared to William Powell. But Powell, mm. he runs with a purpose, and this is why he's hurt quite often. Because he, <laughs> instead of running around the brick wall, nah, I can go through that brick through wall. It. Yeah, there are a lot of weapons in Ottawa, but Greg Ellingson probably the most consistent. He had a touchdown in this one. Four for forty-seven in Sinopoli, six for fifty-one. Those are the two weapons you want to look at in Ottawa. I, I think we can move on to the next game, Friday Night Football. This game was just <laughs> knockdown, dragout football. The Owls went twenty-one to nine, but yes, the big news was Kyrie Zebear. Well, you hear the Owls saying he's a runner. It doesn't matter, but. It doesn't matter. That's a high tackle up around the head, and that'll be called every time. And I bear, you go back, and he plays to the echo of the whistle. And don't get me wrong, like there's a lot to like about his game, but there are there's a sliver that you don't, and this is it. We talked about it a little bit already, uh, Ebert, with the big hit on Cody Fajardo, who actually can make things happen. He's a fun quarterback to watch. He goes 10 of 16 for 75 yards. He did only play in the second half, but the Owls really just shut down the Argos and anything they were trying to do. And before the game, yeah, it was a big one. Brandon Whitaker playing against his old team, SJ Green and Bear Woods playing against their old team. Maybe they were a little too fired up. It did not work for the Argos at all. No, that Montreal defense has been stout all year. Uh, not having Ricky Ray for the for the Argos is huge, too. Uh, you know, having Matthews and Pajardo back there just not quite what you want or need. Uh, Pajardo is pretty fun to watch, pretty mobile. Played rugby when he was younger, so he does have that mentality of uh, running with the ball and trying to run through guys, uh, whereas a lot of guys will try to avoid contact. Um, but, yeah, Toronto, I think it was just a bad week for Toronto, especially not having Ricky Ray. That really hurts. Their, their entire offense really suffers when that happens. So uh, not a surprising win for Montreal, considering that they had to play defense against the second and third string quarterback. But that game could have been a little better. I think we should give a shout-out to Anthony Coombs. He only had 44 total yards, but he took three <laughs> massive licks in the game. He earned every bit of massage he got on the table after that one. <laughs> Those hurt me sitting on the couch and watching. Like, <laughs> just, like that's rock and sock em, suicide pass. Oh, yeah, that's like, exactly man. what it is. Don Cherry like, would not be happy. No, you're not giving your guy a chance to do anything except get hurt. 
and granted, young quarterback in there, uh, so stuff like that's bound to happen. Just Coombs stayed in the game, and well, he had to go out for his plays when he was hurt, but he stayed in and kept taking those hits, trying to make plays and help the team win a ball game. So the Toronto receivers there, I know Coombs was doing awesome when Ricky was in there. Green was as well. These guys will have more value if Ricky Ray is into the game this week, so you can watch out for them. Tyrell Sutton returned for the Alouettes. He had 66 yards on the ground, but it seems like Ernest Jackson and Darian Durant really have built some chemistry together. It was kind of a slow start to the season for Ernest Jackson, but now... Mm -hmm. That first touchdown of the game was just pure beauty. Four catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown for Ernest Jackson. He's really looking like uh, the Ernest Jackson we know and love. And so is Darren Durant. Let's he not is. Forget about, let's not forget about him. Um, yeah, that first touchdown to Ernest Jackson, was that was vintage. It Darren was. Durant, in my opinion. You know, he's able to step up in the pocket a little bit and just a gunslinger. Um, you know, and just... The only play, the only person who's going to catch that was Ernest Jackson. You know, he made the play on it. So, um, but yeah, they're starting to really figure the chemistry out in Montreal on the offensive side of the ball. They're a little slow to start the year, uh, but things now are, it looks like they could start rolling. And that East is weak enough where um, they can start putting room between them and Toronto and even Ottawa. You know, they've got one win. They're not out of it yet, but you got to start putting teams away when while you can. Because the game's only going to get harder. So I think Montreal, right now, the way their offense is clicking, could be a team to be reckoned with in that East Division. On to Saturday, the Bombers beat the Ticats 39-12. to It could have been a lot worse if <laughs> the Bombers could finish drives there. Justin Medlock was crazy. Well, look at this. Justin Medlock has come out and will attempt A 57-yard field goal. He made it from 62 in the warm-up. This is with the breeze, and Medlock puts it up. Is it enough? It is enough. A missile from Justin Medlock. I know it's not flashy to play the clip from the kicker, <laughs> but, man, he went 6 of 8 uh, last week for he the Bombers. Yes, he did. It would have been 18-12 to 12 if they only kicked those field goals. He had 21 points, including if you count the extra points after touchdown. This guy is ridiculously good. <laughs> I don't know if people weren't expecting this, but holy crap. <laughs> I mean, and this is why the Bombers went out and got him. And this is why they're paying him the money, because it's almost like they don't have to finish drives. Just, eh. Medlock will get it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> let, let, I can't remember who really who who released him. Well, oh, that's right. <laughs> and now they're zero and seven. Hey, I mean, <laughs> props to Sergio. He's having a great year. I will always be a Sergio fan. But. <laughs> He didn't get any kicks in this one. Uh, no. We saw what happened. Uh, Ted Laurent a little bit banged up in this game, and the Bombers took advantage. Andrew Harris, 14 carries, 107 yards. And last week I said, ah, Darvin Adams isn't doing that much. Of course, six catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown. <laughs> I mean, Winnipeg just keeps doing it and keeps doing it. Uh, Ryan Lankford is... 
I'd like to see him get more involved in their offense. He's kind of a hit or miss when it comes to TSN fantasy. He'll get the big return touchdown, maybe a receiving touchdown here and there, and he's pretty cheap. I picked him last week. He got me seven points. Yeah, I'm just having a terrible year. <laughs> oh, I've, I've given up on picking defenses. Oh, and I like that strategy, actually. It's, it, it, it can backfire. Oh. Like, I, I, nobody would have taken Saskatchewan's defense last week, but can you imagine if you did? Well, my brother did. Oh. And... But then you don't have money. I, I have my money in stacking up on offense, so that's what I've been doing. I took a defense this week just because I couldn't decide who to take from Ottawa, so I just said screw it and took a defense. <laughs> and Went with cheaper options. If you got Saskatchewan, it paid off. You're a happy camper. Oh, that, where did this come from? Uh, okay, let, let's talk about the Riders. Oh, yeah, we got it. We got it. <laughs> the Riders beat the Lions forty-one to eight. Here's Rod with Ed Gainey's last play of the game. Lions from their forty-three. Alex Ross on first down. He hears it. Out. Chuck and Duck. Yes, four interceptions and a fumble recovery for Ed Gainey. But now I do want to talk about this as well. At the beginning of the game, Wally Buono giving his team a pregame speech. And yeah. he did not have their attention. He was not happy. When I walk in here, you guys should be doing what? Coming together. Act like we're not interested. Okay, roll it. Let's go talk to them, buddy, because they don't want to listen. Obviously, he knew something by their body language walking in to the locker room. I don't know if they took the riders a little lightly, but they end up getting smashed because of it. There is something to be said for taking a team too lightly or not being right in the dressing room. Uh, you know, when I coached midget hockey, we'd walk in and we could tell right away if we are going to win that night or not, especially when you played a team that, although they were few and far between, that were worse than us. <laughs> uh, you know, you could walk in there and be like, "We're going to lose this game ten to two tonight," because the kids just didn't care, right? They're, you're not, you're not. They weren't invested. In it. it looked like that even when Wally was talking to them. A lot of guys with their heads down, not not making eye contact with anybody. Just kind of in their own little world. And another thing I noticed too is that uh, he asked Wally to talk to everybody. You know, he's not a huge part of the offense, but he's one of those glue guys in the room. Obviously, after that. Um, you know, but when you're down twenty nothing at halftime, I don't think he could have made enough adjustments with the next speech. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I wanted to hear that one. <laughs> I I don't think we would have been allowed to. I think it would have been a lot of angry elf. <laughs> I would have loved uh, to have heard that. <laughs> but yeah, they, they did not come out ready, and I don't know if it's because it took Saskatchewan so lightly because of last week Saskatchewan didn't finish anything early in that game. Um. And BC figured, well, we can just go out here and just kind of stand pat and, you know, maybe score a touch on here or there and hold them off. And that just blew up in their face. Now, I know that uh, a lot of people, especially Ryder fans, they're they're calling people out. You're an idiot if you pick the Lions to smash the Riders uh, in this game. Here's the thing. You are one of two things if you pick the Riders to smash the Lions. Insane or a liar? <laughs> Come or on. a degenerate gambler because that's where the money was. Did you honestly expect that the Riders would win? Maybe you could have picked them to win, but by 
this by 33? There's no way uh, you would have picked that. And everything went in their way in this one. It was it was almost like the Hamilton-Calgary game where anything you do is going to be wrong. Watch mm-hmm. the film once and then burn it. Yes, Jonathan Jennings threw four picks. Alex Ross threw one pick. Uh-huh. And I don't know if Jennings was ready to go in this game. I mean, Lule comes in. He gets smacked. He has to leave the game again. In comes Jennings. It was just one of those games where... Now, nothing is going to happen for you. Now, one of the interesting parts in this game was Deron Carter playing defense. Yeah. (laughs) And I have always thought, why don't more teams do this? You know, when a a team's getting ready for the Hail Mary, throw some receivers to play corner, man. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. There's no no technique in, in needing to cover a guy in the end zone. You just need to... You need to play. You need to play receiver yeah. and catch the ball. So you know that that was Randy Moss has done that in the NFL. Guys, they've started doing that more and more now down there, uh, putting receivers in the end zone for those late game plays. Um, yeah, that I don't mind. But I, I saw a lot of people yeah, saying that weird. keeping Duran. Uh, invested in the game and keeping him involved in the game will maybe keep his attitude in check a little bit, you know. So you, you should you shouldn't have to do that though. The guy's a professional athlete. Yeah, I, I find it interesting. He's been doing punt returns. He's been, I guess, playing defense and obviously doing his thing at receiver. I, uh, uh, when's the last time somebody had a receiving touchdown and an interception in the same game? I know Carter didn't get the pick, but he was in the area for Ganey's uh, fourth interception there. Carter did have a touchdown in this one. It's going to be interesting to see if Jones keeps throwing him out there on defense in certain situations. God, I hope not. I know they had a, an injury situation <laughs> and he was available to help, but man. That, that might be the only reason. Who knows, but Trying to dive into the mind of Chris Jones. We don't have the time. <laughs> now, there is a, a Chris Chin Jones uh, that is now reser- re- re- returning kicks for the Riders, and it just changed everything for them. He had seven uh, punt returns for 139 yards on punts. That is really awesome. And for some reason, their defensive line was getting through uh, to the on quarterback. A three-man rush. It... it is BC's own line that weak? I, I didn't think I don't, they were. <laughs> I don't think so. I think when you're rushing three guys and you're dropping nine in coverage, they're, you're going to be able to double or bracket guys. So, you know, some of that pressure is due to the coverage. Um, you can only hold blocks for so long, and then you're either going to get beat or you're going to take a penalty, and it's not going to matter anyway. So, uh, coverage had a lot to do with it. The, Defense played phenomenal either way you look at it, though, um, which is something relatively new in the Chris <laughs> Jones era, which, you know, he was, that was supposed to be the first thing he fixed. But, uh, yeah, I don't think BC's a line is that bad. No. And I think this whole game for BC was an outlier. Like you said, you, you take the tape. I wouldn't even watch it. I'd burn it, forget about it, move on to next week, you know, lose to Calgary and then rebound the next week after that. I didn't know Dudney uh, in Regina had uh, that much uh, allure for players from Vancouver. Maybe they were uh, just hitting Dudney the night before. Ooh, been there. 
<laughs> well, haven't we all? <laughs> Usually makes for the next day not a good day. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. And I would, you know what? We've all been there. <laughs> good for you guys for getting out on duty and having a good time. <laughs> we don't even need to go to duty. We can just go to Highway 16 and Lloyd. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Ezzy's, baby. <laughs> hey, is that place reopen? No, it's not going to be. Ah, the best part of that is what, if you went at the right time, you could go upstairs and smash the Chinese buffet and go Before down. Before you went to the bar. Yes, or and vice versa. And get Smokies at the coat check. Oh, yeah. And I lived half a block away. Yeah, you had the best headquarters for that place. <laughs> I'd wake up with people on my couch and didn't even know who they were. <laughs> They'd fall asleep waiting for a cab. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, I love it. Let's click the games. <laughs> it's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at 2 and Out CFL. <laughs> Now the Eskimos are going to have to deal with some Western teams here. They are in Winnipeg for Thursday night football. Do they go to 8-0 Brazilian tie? I'm not picking against them until they lose the football game, so I'm taking Edmonton on this one. Now, historically, the Bombers haven't been all that good at home. <laughs> they are their new stadium anyway. But I think they're on a roll here, and I think they could beat the Eskimos. I, I, I just think that they're a better team than Hamilton. Well, I mean, is that... Is, oh, you really narrowed it down there. <laughs> they're better than Hamilton or Ottawa, and they could take advantage of some of the injuries in Edmonton. So I think the Bombers could take on the Eskies on Thursday. Jet Set Satellite, those guys rock. And then we have the Ottawa Red Blacks going to Hamilton, taking on the Tiger Cats. What the heck is going to happen here? Oh. <laughs> I know last week I texted you and said we can book it, that this is going to be Hamilton's first win. But the more and more I look at it, the more and more that's not going to happen. So I'm taking the Red Blacks here on the road to uh, make Hamilton go to 0-8. If you ask Ottawa fans, they're going to say, we're going to keep finding new ways to lose. <laughs> that, that's very fair, too, yep. <laughs> they're but getting... Hamilton, Hamilton's allowing 37 points a game at home. It has to be a pretty big change for them to win this football game. Now, I know I said that I was going to pick Hamilton until they win, but nah, I can't do it. <laughs> I'm going Ottawa. <laughs> Everything's gonna be quite alright. Cause I've got one hand in my pocket and the other one is flicking a cigarette. 
And the second half of the Friday Night Football doubleheader is the BC Lions and the Calgary Stampeders. The Lions are uh, coming off getting smashed, and the Stamps are coming off the bye. Who do you got? Calgary hasn't lost on the road yet this year, and they're not going to this week. So I'm taking the or sorry, not the Lions. I'm taking the Sam Peters. Me too. And because I want to listen to Sweet City Woman. <laughs> Me too. Sweet, Sweet City Woman. On the banjo and me, we got a few folks singing. Yeah, yeah. Bon, si bon, 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 si bon, 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 si bon, 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one feels pretty good. We wrap things up. Montreal is in Toronto this time around. This is a tough one, I find. And you Argo fans, if you know anybody that's maybe, eh, I don't know if I like football, 15 bucks gets you in the door and gets you into the CNE as well. So there's no excuse not to pack BMO for this one, okay? Hopefully you can get at least 20 out for that. Who are you going with? Looks like Ricky Ray might be playing. I flip-flopped the entire pick-em open on these ones. You know, I was looking on the score and on sports interaction. They haven't even put the lines up yet because the, the starter hasn't been announced in Toronto, and I flip-flopped and flip-flopped. I had Toronto when I started, and I had to change it, and I'm taking the Alouettes to win this week. You know what? I I think the Owls are going to win as well, and I do think it's going to be another hard-hitting game as well. So if you like football that hurts, watch this one. This song doesn't really hurt. It's up to you, up to me, up to all of us. That is the box from Montreal. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Who are you rolling with in CFL Fantasy? Well, I'm taking Trevor Harris. Uh, Me too. Cheaper than Mike Riley. They're the same player uh, when it comes to stats. I mean, Mike Riley averages an extra yard per completion. He's $4,000 cheaper than Mike Riley. Yeah. Uh, You know, running game, they don't, don't want to spend too much money, but I ended up doing it anyway with Nessam and Sutton. Uh, looking to capitalize on some on some goal line points. Uh, Ryan Langford again, like you were saying, his returns it's hard to ignore those if he can get them. Uh, Nick Lewis he catches everything that Durant throws his way, and Greg Ellingson as the number one option Ottawa. And because Ottawa's playing Hamilton, I took their defense. So here's where I'm rolling with. I'm uh, going with Montreal against the Argos offense again. I might change that with news that Ricky Ray is going to be playing. Uh, that, that might be a little risky. Yeah, because, yeah, uh, you know, you never know. He can throw for 400 yards. I still think he'll be a bit banged up, and the Owls are going to want to get after him and pressure him a little bit. Yes, I like Trevor Harris. I like to go cheap at running back. Ladarius Perkins, he's still 4500 bucks, so I'm going with him there. Roy Finch, one of the most consistent returners in the game, 49-10 there, so I'm picking him and I, I like the pair the pair the quarterback with the receiver so Greg Ellingson is in my lineup Bryant Mitchell is in my lineup for the Eskimos and uh, Markway McDaniel in for the Stampeders he's one of those guys that's 
not going to hurt you, but he can have a big game that's really going to help you as well. So I, I like Marquay this week, and that's what I'm rolling with, but <laughs> I always stare at it and change it about 15 times before the games actually start. So uh, <laughs> You and me both. <laughs> I change it so many times, and I end up making the wrong decision, but... Or I've, cha- I've changed it so many times where I've ended up back in my original lineup without even realizing. <laughs> hey, and I don't know. I get stuck in this trap where I try to spend as much money as I can, and I have $81 left over, so I'm happy with that. <laughs> I think my record was 12 for a lineup I actually liked. 12 bucks left over. And then somebody accused you of being over the cap. Yeah! <laughs> I don't know what that was, man. <laughs> Thanks for coming on this week, my friend. You're going to have a recorder, and we're going to have better quality next week? Yeah, I'm stopping at Staples tomorrow. They were, they said they were out of stock when I stopped in there this afternoon. So I ordered one, and then they called me and said they found one. So I'll be picking that up tomorrow, either before or after work, and uh, next week we'll be good to go. Awesome. Thanks for that, buddy. Oh, not a problem. Anything for Happy Gilmore. I mean, Travis <laughs> For Happy Gilmore, anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's episode 76 of the Two and Out CFL podcast. Check out all the other shows in the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Two and Out CFL. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. We'll talk to you next week if I still have a voice after Metallica. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.